you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Mark chapter 1, verse number 32. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils and all the city. Everybody say all the city. Was gathered together at the door then he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him and in the morning rising up a great while before day he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed Mark chapter 2 Verse number one, and again, everybody say it again. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. That's a lot of folks. No, not so much as about the door. See, in Mark chapter 1, all the city was out and they were gathered at the door. But Mark chapter 2, there were so many that they couldn't even get to the door. He preached the word unto them. I want to preach for a little bit tonight, if I can, by the help of the Lord and your help, from that little passage, Mark chapter 2, verse number 1, the scripture said, and again he entered into Capernaum. He came again into Capernaum. He came again into Capernaum. I want you to pray with me now that the Lord would help me to speak what he's laid on my heart and somehow I'd be able to, re to reveal to you through words tonight what, what the Lord has put in my spirit. Let's pray now. Lord, I need your help tonight. I need the quickening of your spirit, sharpening of my mind and thoughts. I need the anointing of God to rest upon me tonight to preach the word, the anointing upon the pew to receive the word. God, accomplish everything that you want to accomplish. Let the word go forth tonight. Do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. He came again to, to Capernaum. 
Sitting beside the Sea of Galilee is the town of Capernaum. Capernaum was witnessed to the greatest sermons ever preached. Capernaum was witness to the greatest miracles ever performed. No city or town on this planet Earth was ever more important to the ministry of Jesus than was the city of Capernaum. Only Jerusalem could get more attention than Capernaum. When Jesus left Jerusalem and shook dust off of his feet, he went and departed into Capernaum. No spot on earth was graced with more preaching of Jesus than was the little town of Capernaum. No, no town saw more signs or experienced more miracles than the little town of Capernaum. Mark gives us a little glimpse into the average day in Capernaum. And he says that when they went into Capernaum in the first chapter of the book of Mark, he said when they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath he entered into the synagogue and taught. It was just what he did when he went to Capernaum. He went to the synagogue and he taught and they were astonished at his teaching. And there was a man in the synagogue in the 23rd verse. There was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out. Verse 25 said, Jesus rebuked him saying to be quiet and told the spirit to come out of him. And verse 26 said, and the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, and then it came out of him. And verse 27 said that the people were again amazed. It was amazing to see what Jesus had done. And immediately, verse 28 says that the fame of Jesus begins to spread all throughout Capernaum and the region of Galilee. And Simon's, Simon Peter's wife's mother lay sick of fever. Simon's wife was sick of fever and they, they came and told Jesus about her and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the Bible said the fever left her body and in evening when the sun did set, here's what happens in Capernaum. I want you to picture this little town where Jesus spent so much time teaching and preaching in the synagogue and they, did miracles in the synagogue and the fame of Jesus spreads about in the little town of Capernaum. The Bible said in an evening when the sun had set, they brought him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed and the whole city was gathered together. Imagine what a spectacle and what a special time it was as they bring all of the sick and the afflicted and the demon possessed and the Bible said that in verse 34 of Mark chapter 1, and that he healed many, he healed many who were sick of various diseases, and he cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak, for they recognized who he was. And then we pick up with our text. Capernaum is the second most frequent place mentioned in the Gospels. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus went there to find his disciples, Peter, Andrew, and the two sons of Zebedee. Ma Matthew chapter 4, the Bible said that he taught there 
in the synagogue. In John chapter 6, he directed Peter to find the coin in the fish's mouth and to pay the tax gathers. In Matthew chapter 17, he lodged there in Peter's house healing the sick and teaching. It was what Jesus did over and over again. My wife pointed out the early ministry of the apostolic church and its very purpose. He taught them and he healed their sick and he sent out missionaries to go and do uh, the work of God. But when Jesus left Capernaum, he, he condemned it for their spiritual indifference, their spiritual indifference. Although he performed so many miracles there and he taught them, but yet they were spiritually indifferent. They, they looked at the miracles that Jesus did as some magic sideshow. They, they listened to the teaching of Jesus and they, the Bible itself said they were astonished at his teaching, but evidently they became so familiar with it that when Jesus left, he, he condemned it for their spiritual indifference. They, they weren't antagonistic. Uh, they, they, were, they were merely indifferent to Jesus and his teachings. They, they never denied Jesus in Capernaum. They, they, merely, they merely ignored him. They, they started just letting him come and go, and no real festival began to happen. They, they didn't rebel against him. They merely had other things in life that were more important to pay attention to. They, they, they could take him or they could leave him. They, 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 were, they were, became ho-hum about Jesus and the work and the ministry that he fulfilled in Jerusalem. They, they felt no need to heed the call to repentance or to have a change in their life. The town of Capernaum ignored the many lives that were affected and changed by Jesus. That it, it had no effect on them. I, I wonder how many testimonies of the demon possessed that had been delivered that still lived in the city of Capernaum, yet they were not affected. The city was no longer affected or moved by it. How many miracles of healings, the lame that were healed, the, the, the the, the deaf ears and the, the dumb mouths that were opened and the, the deaf ears that were unstopped, yet the lepers that were cleansed, the people with fevered brow and palsy that are all listed in Scripture of all the things that happens in Capernaum, yet they, they weren't even, they weren't even uh, any longer amused by it. Yet they had numerous testimonies of people around them of the greatness of the miracles. This is what happened on a single Sabbath evening in Capernaum shortly after the Sermon on the Mount was preached and such scenes appeared to have happened commonly in Capernaum for we read a little further into Mark's Gospel into the third chapter and about the ninth verse the Bible said that Jesus spake unto his disciples and they, there was a small ship while he was speaking that he had ordered to come and stay because when he would begin to teach and the multitude began to gather so many people came out because of the miracles that Jesus did and the incredible teaching of Jesus that they had to have a ship for him 
to be able to retire to that would take him across the Sea of Galilee, across to the other side so that he could get away from the crowd of people and the only possible way that Jesus could rest, Brother Duggar, was that he had to get out of town. He couldn't even rest in the city of Capernaum for when he would try to rest, he even went one time into the wilderness and the Bible said he went outside the city and he went into the wilderness and they came to where he was and they found him and they brought sick people to him because he was resting too close to the city, yet they're not moved to conversion. Yet again, Mark tells how they went into a house and the multitude came together so that they could not as much, Mark said, as even eat bread. Capernaum was witness to more of Christ's miracles than any other place on earth. Jesus made his headquarters in this beautiful and prosperous fishing village on the northern shores of the Sea of Galilee. He performed more miracles and preached more sermons around Capernaum than any other place in his entire ministry. It was there that he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead and healed the nobleman's son. It was there that he delivered the demoniac and Peter's mother-in-law is raised up. The, the woman with the issue of blood that washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. Two blind men. You know the story. The centurion's servant. The dumb demoniac. The paralytic who was lowered down through the roof. It was in Capernaum where he fled when he was rejected by the people of Nazareth. In, in Capernaum he, he heals the paralyzed. In Capernaum he calls Matthew to be his disciple. He taught in their synagogues. He, defi he defines the law of the Sabbath with deep teachings. He heals the man having the withered hand. And, and, and near Capernaum, he, see, he heals the servant of the centurion. He, 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 you go on and on and on in Capernaum. He was ridiculed ridiculed for eating with the tax collectors and the sinners in Capernaum. His disciples even forsook him. In Capernaum, he, he, he raised the life of the daughter of Jairus. In Capernaum, he heals the blind and, and opens the deaf ears. Jesus said that the miracles that he performed in Capernaum were so amazing. Watch what Jesus himself said about Capernaum. He said that the miracles that he did in Capernaum were so amazing that if they would have happened in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, that it would, Sodom and Gomorrah would have believed and they would have remained until this day. Jesus himself said, if I would have invested so much time in Sodom and Gomorrah, that Sodom and Gomorrah could have been saved. But the people in Capernaum were blessed with miracles, with signs, and with wonders that no other city on planet Earth ever has witnessed even until this day. They didn't mock him or ridicule him or run him out of town, but their sin was worse because they became accustomed to his presence. 
They became accustomed to his teaching. It became humdrum to them. Jesus taught them and they were mildly interested in best. They just wanted his, his miracles for the entertainment. They came out to see who he would heal today. His, tension, his teachings never caused them to rend their hearts. His truth never changed their minds. His warning about sin never provoked them to repentance. His offer of salvation never induced their faith to begin to believe. Yet Jesus just keeps on going right back to the city of Capernaum and keeps on teaching and keeps on preaching. I won't be long tonight, but if you'll give me a few more minutes, I want to preach to you for a little while if you'll notice with me. The process of the miracles of his ministry, you'll find that each time that Jesus goes back into Capernaum, that his anointing became a little greater every time that he went back into Capernaum. He moved it up a notch every time he goes back to the city. It was a new level of ministry, a new level of anointing. In Mark chapter 1, they came to him. The Bible said that he spoke with authority. He commanded unclean spirits and they obey and his fame spread throughout until they pressed upon the door. But it, when he came again, he came again, the Bible said. Then, and, and when he came again into Capernaum, after a few days, a prayer in the wilderness, it was noise that Jesus is there. And they came to him, bringing one sick with a palsy. And he was born a four. But when they got there, they couldn't even get to the door. See the difference? In, in Mark 1, they could get to the door. In Mark 2, they couldn't get to the door. But they still brought those that were sick of the palsy. Jesus was drawing a crowd that was even greater. It continued to grow. It continued to go. And when they got there, the people had such faith in the miracle working power of Jesus that when they couldn't get through the door, they got up on the roof and began to, to break open the roof and let one sick with a palsy down through the roof because they were desperate they were desperate to get him into where Jesus was. There's something I want you to note in our text. They didn't lack faith on the first visit to Capernaum. He did many miracles and healed all manner of diseases. But when he returned, there was a power that was so great. The people drew so close to him that there was no room for Jesus to even receive him. So they broke open the roof to get the need down to where Jesus was. I come with a word tonight and I won't tarry too long in my preaching, but I came with a word for the church tonight. We have experienced a great wave of revival, numerous miracles. Christian Life Church has been so blessed. So blessed. We have stories of miracles. Brother Jeremy Newcomer started a book some time back. Having people write your miracle. If you've received a miracle in this church and you haven't written in the book, you need to see Sister Kelly or Brother Jeremy. And you need to write in the book because it's noteworthy. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but someday we may do something with it. We have been in a season where we have had some of the finest preachers like the late Randy McCoslin that came 
came through and preached Josh Herring and Mark Winters and Pastor Terry Long and Pastor John Reading and our very own assistant pastor and student pastor and evangelists that are out of this church and so many others that we could go on and on and on tonight and mention. Pastor Todd Nichols and, and Pastor Ken Dillingham and, and Pastor Joel Urshan and, and Pastor Nathan Urshan and we could go on tonight and on about the incredible teaching and preaching that has come forth let alone the many years of great service of our late Bishop Pastor Paul Price gave to this church teaching and preaching this truth. Oh, we have heard wonderful teaching and preaching. People have come out to revival services and miracles have happened. People have been healed. People have been delivered. People have been baptized in Jesus' name. We have estimated that more than 500 people have been baptized in Jesus' name in the last 15 or 20 years right here at Christian Life Church. God is doing wonderful things. Miracles have happened. We literally, we literally have seen people who were dead be prayed for and brought back to life. We literally have seen people who were victims of cancer that are in this room even tonight that have been healed and delivered. You understand there's even apostolic churches that don't have one testimony like I'm talking about tonight. Heart disease been healed. Lupus been healed. Arthritis been healed. Kidney disease that has been healed. Tumors that have been healed. And again, he returns to Christian Life Church and the word comes forth and more miracles happen. We've had so many incredible things that have happened. God has been so real to us. God has blessed this church in so many ways. But I simply come tonight to tell you that I believe that Everything we have experienced is only a Mark chapter 1 revival. We filled up Delphi Avenue. We had to move into a new building. But I got a feeling that we're moving into a Mark chapter 3 revival when people are going to come and they're going to begin to say, I got to get to Jesus because these four walls will not hold the revival that God is wanting to send this church. It was prophesied before we ever built this building. And people saw lines of people gathered outside this building. I'm telling you the greatest day for revival of Christian Life Church is on the horizon. We have not yet seen it. It's still coming. Because again, he returns. And every time Jesus returned, the anointing was greater. The crowd was greater. The miracles were greater. There were more people, more happening. It's still yet to be done. Oh, I just want to preach a few more minutes. 
But I want to tell you there's some in the room you know what it's like to be anointed of God. You felt his presence and felt his power. But can I encourage you tonight to tell you the greatest anointing is when he comes again and visits us with the next wave of revival. With the next wave of anointing. The greater miracles are yet to be done. The greater revival is yet to be done. The greatest numbers of baptism and people receiving the Holy Ghost have yet to be recorded. The Greatest history has not yet because he's still coming. He's still coming. He's coming back to this church to do it again and again and again. I dare you to receive what I preach tonight. I'm done preaching, but I dare you to receive it tonight. But stepping out into the aisle where you are and just begin to give God praise. Come on, lift up your voice. Let's magnify him for a few moments tonight. If he's ever delivered you before, he'll deliver you again. If he's ever given you the victory before, he'll do it again. I know not everybody that's come out. They told me the other day, we are approaching 300, approaching 300 guests. Is that right? Approaching 300 guests that has been inside the doors of this building since the first of this year. Almost 300 guests. Mark chapter 3 revival is on the way, CLC. Get ready. There is another wave of revival that God is going to send this church. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Somebody catch a hold of it tonight. Believe it by faith. Come on, release your faith.